Okay, we're recording. Okay. So, you were saying there's... Because when I was talking to my friend Trevor, he said there's like kind of a rotation in the city for comics, right? There's Pass the Hat and then what's the Monday night one? Um, It's just like an open mic at The Cure. So, you like buy a drink and then they put your name on the list to do the open mic and stuff like that or do whatever you want, I think is what the deal is. Oh, so you, can you do any kind of... I don't know. Like, I'm going to try it on Monday just to see because um, I have some new material that I want to work with that I want to try out. <laughs> I don't know if it's funny. <laughs> so. Well, I guess. So I guess I'll start from the beginning since we're recording this. Um, you took a class that yeah. I remember seeing a Facebook ad. I must. It's creepy. Like, I must have Googled, like, comedy class or stand up or something because the fucking Facebook algorithm finds everything that you talk about, right? And so I remember it brought up the ad for that U of R class that you ended up taking. And um, I think the thing that talked me out of it, and I think I told you this, is like, and obviously in retrospect, never click on the comments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so all the comments underneath are like, well, if you're funny, you don't need a class, right? So I kind of like <laughs> got cold feet. So I'm super pumped that you took the class. And then to hear all the positiveness, and I am sad that the teacher's changing. Yeah, I I find that disappointing too. Um, like the reason I took the class was because like I'm I'm very introverted. Like I think that like Seinfeld said it best, where like he was mentioning like I could talk to everyone, but I can't talk to like one of you. You know, like I could talk to a big crowd, and like kind of vibe off the crowd, but I can't talk to. Like random people. I'm not that social. So you don't have the ability to walk up and just kind of. No, no. So what I did the night that I went there and just plopped down next to strangers and started talking. Oh, that. God. That's just... <laughs> I find that so weird, right? <laughs> that is like, that's terrifying for me. <laughs> that's very like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't like, I feel like I'm always, um, uh, I'm always saying the wrong things or. I don't know. I can't really do that whole social interaction with random people. Like, it takes me a while to get to know someone to be, like, like the nerd that I am, even in front of you. Right? I think it took a long time to even be like, what? oh. Yeah, How right. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and you're, like, the most outgoing person. And I know. That's why I'm like, oh, this is, like, weird. But, like, you're a big nerd. So that's okay. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. No. And that's what they like about me. Like, I know the director and even, like, other management in the building, they like having me around and even Carolyn on the team has said it's good because I'm approachable. But then when there's two of us, I'm the one that has more people coming to them also, too. So it's weird. And I'm in the dead center, like, right when you walk in that door. If you fucked up payroll, you walk in the door and you're like, shit, there's Paul. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm, like you said, I'm approachable. Plus... You're like a very social butterfly is what I find. And I like my like I like my little desk where there's that huge like column like blocking the way from the entrance. Like no one even knows that I'm there. And I kind of enjoy that a little bit. <laughs> I kind of wish I had a door I could close every once in a while too, right? <laughs> yeah. But and it's funny because think like when I first started in that building there was no like nerd culture. Like I was it. Right. Right. And so we had this wave of retirement or whoever was in your role before were very angry older people. (laughs) And so people have either retired or taken terms or moved on. Right. And so we have this influx of like 
I I started in that building at 37, eight years, and I was one of the youngest. And now eight years later, I would say I'm on like the middle upper age of it. Right. And there's been this influx, but I can't guess ages well either, right? Like I'm assuming you and T are younger than I am. And Brad and Sation and like everyone that's kind of come in and gravitated to this kind of like board games at lunch, us organizing the video games, yeah. D&D with the exec director, like shit like this would, if it was just me with Scott in the building, this never would have happened, right? So I'm super happy that yeah, at the corner of your desk is a bunch of board games that I would like to do it almost weekly. Yes. Yeah. But I think that we have a huge like impact on the culture in that building, right? Oh, absolutely. But that, doesn't register as the same as you having a one-on-one conversation like i know tia organizes the board game stuff but you're showing up and strangers are coming oh yeah like it's um i think it, it took me a while to even even warm up to the other paul mcgregor yeah and it took me a while because like i like i don't know who he is really i know what his position is even with scott i was very intimidated and he's our exec director and i was like oh my god he's playing like we're gonna play D with this guy really uh, yeah and then he turned out to be like such a cool guy that like i feel like i could just chirp him oh absolutely <laughs> he but he'll care. give it back right and oh, it's absolutely and that's what's beautiful the only thing that makes me sad about that is i'm older than our exec director which kind of shines You're not oh absolutely really? oh yeah I pickled myself in my youth, (laughs) but it's just, he's so casual and easy to get along with. And just, he doesn't feel like a boss, right? Like he obviously is out there doing a bunch of like super important stuff, but when he's in the building, he's a hundred percent approachable Absolutely. and his door's open. Like I know I've walked in there when I've had a beef and I know he's listening and I've actually seen change because of things I've maybe said, right? Oh, Absolutely. And yeah. same with like him, uh, Loretta, I get along with super well. Mm-hmm. She's the only one in the building that I can talk UFC with. Really? And, and some like comic booky stuff, mm-hmm. like the Marvel TV show she's big into and like just pop culture, right? So I've kind of, it's weird. The management are the ones that are like my age and kind of nerdy. Yeah. And then you guys came in. And so like we have this solid, really good foundation now. Yes. And it's super fun. Like I said, I'd like the board game things to be more frequent. Yeah, me too. So I don't know if we just make it like Thursday show up. And even like Jen showing up kind of surprised me. I didn't know if she would be into like the nerd thing. Oh, yeah. Now she's asking what kind of board games she should buy for two player. Nice. And I just like I love it because I'm like, oh, like I have my list here. <laughs> uh, like Let's just, go through the, my like, yeah. Have the old printer my, paper that kind of never ends. Yeah, let and me just, get through my database here. I'm like, uh, <laughs> well, you can see there's a ton behind me and this is like one of the bookshelves. And it's just, it's nice to have people that are like, well, you're trapped at work. Let's play a game. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's, yeah, like just, and she's been an addition to that building in maybe the last three, four years. Like it's just this wave of youth, wave of fun. People want to be there. People yeah. aren't like riding it out to retirement it's super fun and i have so much fun in that building oh me too and it makes it easier to come to work too right like you're not coming to the grind you're gonna be like oh fuck i gotta deal with that guy today right and building such a positive culture has meant so much well i like i enjoy the fact that like everyone almost everyone is just so down to play whatever game and they're so open 
to like learning the rules within the hour and then like playing it and like having like it's just nice to have the idea that like oh there's a new game do you want to play it and everyone's like yeah 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 let's play that's cool i'm cool with that and everyone contributing too. like brad brings yes you have your two or three i brought kittens and a couple others i have others to bring yet too right no it's cool and i'm kind of curious like in a different arrangement if one of us was missing from that puzzle would that group exist right like i think it was the perfect storm of like you me tia and then that brings in brad and then because like honestly i had never seen brian leave his cube before really yeah Hmm. well him and ross go on coffee runs that's not what i mean like for him to come out play games and like socialize i never see that i think like half of the building there like is very um introverted just like i mean like i'm sure like 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 me I'm very introverted, but they like a lot of people there are very introverted, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But um, like it's just I think that's just the way that the building is, you know, it just happened to be that the majority of the people there are just introverted and don't want to socialize at all. And that's like that's cool, like because sometimes I feel like that, too. But it's just nice that at least us five have that common like thing that we do. <laughs> And I think there's more than that, too, because what did we end up with? 22, 24 people signed up for the Mario, Mario Kart, Kart thing, right? Yeah. And people sending me emails going like, I've never played video games in my life, but this sounds like super fun. And yes. I love what you guys are doing. And that yeah. kind of makes me feel good about what we're doing. Oh, absolutely. And it just makes the day less like. I'm actually really excited for Mario Kart. Like, I'm, I haven't played like in the Wii version in a long time. Like where I played at like, what's it called? That place? Ballers? Yes, because they have four machines that are Mario Kart, and it's really fun to play, but I haven't played, like, the Wii version in a long time. Yeah, mine's the newest. Like, I have a Wii U, but that's the same version that's Switch. Mm -hmm. And now Candace signed up, I can't remember if I told you, and she's offering her Switch. So we could almost have, like, two different screens going at once if we have enough people. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just stuff like that I don't think would have existed before, and I'm having so much fun with it. Yes. And it's cool just to kind of see how it all pans out. We got derailed from your story. Oh, yeah. What, what were we talking about? Even? I just... <laughs> we, went, we made it as far as the fake of Spook ad and then we went sideways. So um, how did you hear about the comedy class? Oh, probably from Facebook. I'm pretty sure. I think I heard it from Facebook. I saw it and I was like, I've had this idea in my head that I wanted to be a stand-up comedian for a while. But because I'm so introverted... You know, I don't I never thought that I would ever do it. It was just been on my head. It's been like in my bucket list, like <laughs> as cheesy as that sounds. Um, and then when I saw the class, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to take the class. I just want to see what they have to offer in terms of like even like content. And then Daryl, the instructor, he's really um, he's like me where he's very introverted as well. But he, like, loves comedy. Like, he, we were just, it's pretty much a class where we learn structure and, like, we watch YouTube videos for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) And then we do our open mic in front of everyone, like, our material, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. That's the most important part, was that we did our material in front of a group of 10. That's super cool. Um, uh. I was kind of wondering, like, was it a big class or was did it start bigger and people dropped out? No, it, no, no one dropped out. There was 12. 
and um the show that you went to at uh, what's it called oh god the revival the revival thank you <laughs> i'll never you forget because of that wrestling thing i told you because <laughs> there's a wrestling group called the revival right yeah um like i think four people didn't show up to that okay and it was like just due to like one was going out of town and then the other three i think they they already said they weren't going to do an open mic so the open mic notion still scared them, but they enjoyed the class? Yes. Yeah. They like showing off their material. Some of them are pretty funny. Like there was two guys that had like really good material, but didn't show up. So it's like one of those things where the class is meant for a lot of introverts who just like are really funny, but just don't like are, like the idea of having to do the, their material in front of crowds just like terrifies them. Hmm. Right. But wouldn't the graduation, like, I treated that was like it was your graduation ceremony is now you're going to get up in front of a crowd and kind of deliver what you've been working on. No, it was, it was pretty much optional. Okay. Like, they don't want to force you to do that in front of people, but it's like, it's a good experience, right? They were very encouraging. Be like, you should just go up because then you'd be able to fully experience what it feels like to be a stand-up comedian in front of people that support you on top of that, you know? You're not just going to like a random open mic yeah. where there's like drunks, <laughs> like hecklers, even though there was a heckler. Yeah, the one asshole. <laughs> but there always is, I'm assuming, to like someone who'll be an asshole or someone who's a, f- I don't know why you'd go to a comedy club if yeah. you're offended easily, but right. I don't know. It just, it, I thought that was maybe the way the course was structured was like, you sit down, you kind of, like you said, watch other established comedians and then he would kind of say here's how you structure a routine or here's kind of how yeah like here's some tips on how to make your material a little bit better like we got um some guest speakers like one of them being like matthew murray from saskatoon he did like an online kind of guest speaker deal and um he was really great in that he watched our material and then he recorded his like critique so he was like, this is really good, but like, it doesn't make sense because like you're going different ways and you're confusing the audience and it really kind of like made us like be like, okay, like that makes sense. Because sometimes when you're writing, like my, like even my material wasn't as clean as it was at the revival room and it what it's not even that clean, but like it took a long time and like Matthew Murray gave me some really good pointers be like you know with like the stuff that i had kind of turning it a little bit more better like stay on the path of the joke don't kind of stray here and go left go right kind of thing yeah yeah and like my like my thoughts are like my ideas when i'm writing comedy or when i'm writing like my next like all my material is that it's so like sporadic like i think like oh i think of this and then i think of like i go another way i go in it off in a tangent and then when I read it out loud, it makes sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to like my audience. Okay. <laughs> like they're like, what were you talking about? You were just talking about like penises this one time, and now you're talking about like what your mom? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, are there any bits that you had to just throw out that yeah. you thought had promise? Well, um, some of them, like even some of them had, um, like I thought they were really funny. And like my class thought it was funny, but then um, like my my stuff was like, oh, like it took six weeks of having to write like the five minutes 
worth of jokes that I had because it's always evolving. Like I cut out a huge chunk of one part. I added some like, you know, little tidbits to another piece of my joke. And um, like some people were like, oh, I was really looking forward to like you talking about, you know, you and your brother, like the comparison that your parents made. And I was like, yeah, like I just took that out because it's not it's not part of my flow anymore. You know, it just yeah. it didn't flow well, I thought, you know, so it's just I that whole five minutes probably took me two months to make make like make it sound really good. Does no. And sense? after going there and kind of that was the other reason I kind of liked sitting kind of with nobody I knew yeah. is I kind of just uh, got to focus on all the routines and everything. And I felt that you were one of the two most it felt polished. Right. Like there was no kind of hiccups and it felt pretty seamless and there was no uhs or stuttering or yeah. things like that. And then the other one that was really good, of course, was already an established comedian, um, Paula. She had a really great routine. Yeah, she was. Uh, hers was so good. <laughs> I, I may have liked it because the word divorce was in there a few times. So then there's things I can kind of like relate, relate to. to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's and probably around my age too right so like yeah. middle-aged divorce and stuff but yeah like that was a super polished one and yours felt really polished and then the nothing uh, nothing good happens after midnight Egan, that seemed pretty yeah. polished um yeah. but he uh, was yeah he's been practicing that like he had that bit probably from week two of like our class and then he showed it off and it didn't sound like that before like when he first started like it was really funny back then and then, you know, when you keep working at, like, I think that's the thing. You have to keep working on that same joke to evolve it to, uh, to the best that you can. Well, yeah, kind of like weeding a garden, right? Yeah. Yes. You leave the good stuff and you kind of pull out. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Like, so did you know all along that it was going to be five minutes that you're building up to? Uh, That's what, yeah, like they were just mentioning like, oh, like the bit is five minutes. Everyone gets five minutes on the mic. And yeah, so I was working towards five minutes, but it seems like everywhere I go, like open mic is only five to seven minutes. Even past the hat was five to seven minutes. So I'm thinking that's like the standard. Okay. For any, like for any stand up comedian. No. And it's, it's so funny. Like, I can't remember if I told you my wrestling story. I know I told it to Trevor when I was here because five minutes, I don't know what your initial reaction is, but like. When they're like, hey, you get five minutes. To me, that seems so small, right? right. And it's almost insulting. It's like, oh, I can I can be funny for more than five minutes. And I remember when it was almost 10 years ago now, I went and tried to train to become a professional wrestler. And the beginner matches are like, okay, go out there for five minutes. And you're like, it's five minutes, right? But then when you go out there, it feels like an eternity. Right. And things kind of drag on. And I know when I was chatting with my friend Trevor, I was, that was one of the first things I asked him is like, does it feel like five minutes or does it feel? Yes. It feels like it's like 10, 15. By the time I get, I'm done. I'm like, Oh, it's only been five, six minutes. But it felt like you got to pull that closer. Oh, sorry. Can you hear? Is this better? Like that better? That's a hundred times better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Close talking. (laughs) I'll change it. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, it, on stage, it just feels like it's 10, 15 minutes. And it, like it's kind of nice, though, because like, being on stage feels different because you feel like you're alone, almost, because all the lights are on you. 
so it makes me feel a lot more comforting thinking that there's not a lot of people out there does it block out a lot of the crowd yeah yeah the first two tables i could see everyone else i can't so it was kind of cool but seeing that yeah like when i it's on youtube i'll show you guys someday when i'm more comfortable with it like my two wrestling matches are on youtube i totally want to see it but it's like i same thing it's five minutes at most and it felt like i was out there for 20 wow because <laughs> it's you're over analyzing everything and you're the one doing whatever right so it feels super long and then it's like you get back to the back you're like oh it's it's 805 right <laughs> like it, i felt like i was out there forever what's your stage name can i um even ask it that was one of the reasons I kind of walked was you weren't given a choice okay. at the time. So, and it's, I don't know, I maybe should have stuck it out a little longer because I went in there and I kind of was friends of friends with the guy who owned the company at the time. And he kind of was let me kind of fiddle and figure out with what I wanted. Okay. And then the company got sold and the guy who bought the company, I don't know what he saw in me. Uh-huh. He wanted an evil preacher. Hmm. But I know, right? And I'm a comic nerd, so there is like a preacher comic book series, but it's like rated R and like way out there. And that's not mm. what they wanted. They wanted like wow. creepy come here kids preacher uh. to be this vile character. And um, yeah, it's weird. Like originally, that was the second thing because the first time it was he... I think he was a big fan, like, you know, all the Rob Zombie horror films yep. where they're always like these like mute redneck mutant hillbilly zombie type things. Yep. They wanted me. The first gimmick was a burlap sack over my head and just me kind of like. Almost like a scarecrow. Yeah. Like a walking dead come towards them like <laughs> indestructible, like a undertaker is probably the most famous like he's like this undead wrestling guy right oh, like okay. kind of plods towards you and they wanted a gimmick like that because um when you watch pro wrestling on tv it's guys who are like six foot four 260 pounds just jacked when you look at local independent wrestling everyone is five foot seven and probably could use another meal in the day right so it's <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and so when i came in there i'm six foot three and I wasn't in any shape, so I was probably a bit overweight and like 220, 230 pounds. So I was considered big, like right. big, big, right? Right. And so, yeah, they wanted that walking monster thing. And that, once again, it's like my kid would have been three, two at the time. And I'm like, I'd like yeah. to do something my kid could enjoy. Right. Plus, I also thought I was moderately charismatic, right? So I was like, yeah. hey, how about a talking part? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and they still rolled out the Carney family thing and it actually worked pretty well. Wow. Like just kind of, it was called the Graves family and it was pretty neat, but only one guy's still around to this day, but they all had like that weird Rob Zombie-ish kind of vibe to them. And then after I kind of poo-pooed that, that's when they came up with the evil priest because I would get to talk a lot, but once again, even more vile of a character. <laughs> and so I wish I could like, because there was the head trainer and the owner. I want to know what they saw in me that I was always this like, vile monster to them yeah i was thinking that too i'm like hmm i mean i guess you might look a little evil thanks (laughs) they should have you handing out candy to kids maybe i yeah like because it'd be weird to be like hey put them in an art in an uh arm bar and from behind and maybe like give them a pat or something like that kind of creepy (laughs) yeah yeah or like 
or like press them against you on purpose or something. And it's just like a big hug. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> and in retrospect, I probably could have done it and done it well, because yeah. like I don't know, it didn't bother me. But I just the character didn't work, and it I trained it out, and then like one of my first shows was coming up, and I was just sent the guy a message. I'm like, I'm not feeling this at all. Yeah. And when you're not feeling it, you're going to hurt somebody because then you're not trying, right? And it's still, you're doing dangerous things, right? Yeah. So. This is why I can't be an actor or an actress. Like, I can be a stand-up comedian because I, I have my own material. I, ha- I can do that stuff in the entertainment, like, kind of section. But being an actress or actor, like, someone asked me to do improv. Um... And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Like, I can't, I can't be someone else, you know? And I feel like it would be so, like, for me, I'd just be a terrible, terrible actor. Really? Yeah, no, like, it's like, you know, and I feel like wrestling is almost like acting. It is acting. Because you're playing a part. That veil came off ages ago, right? Like, it's, you know who's going to win. You know what, like, hot, like, specific points you want to hit, right? And it's it's how you build up to how you win or lose, whether it's like the hero has a big comeback and right. wins out of nowhere. Or does the villain cheat to win while the ref's not looking like <laughs> what but, part of improv turns you off? Oh, it's just the idea that like, um, you know, someone comes up with an idea and then I have immediately have to turn into that character right away. Like I just, I, they tried doing a little bit of improv at the com- like the stand-up comedy class mm-hmm. and they were like oh like think of jokes about like you and like your spouse and i was like oh, f- fudge <laughs> i don't want to talk like, about him <laughs> yeah i'm like it just feels so forced because it's not like it's not my material yeah you know i don't have any jokes against my husband not really that would fit you know and it would just feel like it wouldn't be funny to me yeah no i get it I still have to go because my friend Trevor's in the one called Hitchhiker's Improv. Okay. And I know my one friend that's been on the podcast too. He went to it and he said it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. But it's them like you pretty much get what I don't know how much notice they get for what it's going to be about. Or mm-hmm. they or is it 100% fly by the seat of your pants? Right. Because that would scare me too, right? Like right. <clears throat> what if you get all invested in this and you think you're pretty witty and funny like... um. I think whose line is it was like the pinnacle show of like the improv thinking really quick. Right. Yeah. With like, was it Ryan Styles and um, yeah. all Drew Carey's friends. Right. Yeah. And like they were so fast. Yeah. And I think that would terrify me because it'd be like and point to me and it'd be like. Uh. Yeah. That I would just freeze. <laughs> yeah. I can't like I'd be like, oh, like I'll just play my mom every single time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you my mom like robbing a bank? My mom like cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna stereotype it up a couple times. And <laughs> yeah. Call it a day. Yeah, I would never like everyone be like. Hmm. I mean, like now we know your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. So you get more pleasure out of crafting a routine. Yeah, I think so. I think I have a lot to say in my head that I can it. I now have this like channel to kind of voice it, you know, for everyone to hear. 
Because I feel like the stuff that I think about is funny. It's just super weird. I have like dirty thoughts. I have dirty jokes in my head. And I've never been able to say them out loud. Well, you work at an HR super... office. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, super inappropriate. I'd probably get fired. But now that I like, I could do it in front of a mic and I wouldn't, I wouldn't get any repercussions. <laughs> yeah. Well, your one story about where you made, was it Twilight references? Yeah. I've never watched the movie, so it's, right. I have no idea. But the second you brought up like the Twilight reference and what you were kind of like <laughs> thinking in your head, yeah. I was sitting behind this table that had a bunch of, I think it was like husbands and wives, right? Every yeah. single woman was like, yes, you, and they were like pointing <laughs> to you and they like completely got like the emotion behind what you were kind of thinking, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that stuff is super funny. Like... <laughs> I just like I just have these like things that were like in my head like I and it's it's so hard because like I've I've had these thoughts for like a long time and I've never ever entertained them like I just laugh in my head and I was like what you're laughing at I'm like no no it's it's fine don't worry <laughs> don't worry about it just laughing at myself <laughs> how many of them fleet away though a lot because <laughs> I always it's the whole like you're falling asleep and you'll think of like three amazing things and you're like, hey, I'll write it down tomorrow morning and then it's gone, right? I've never done that until I went to this class and now I feel like I'm writing down like every single thought that comes in my head. Like I've just like, I would just think about really funny things. Like even when I was a kid, I would just think about these funny, weird things and then I would just never think of them again. But now I even like, I even have a journal. I have a diary like what the hell I've I have never, one too I've never <laughs> when I decided I was gonna do this and I wanted to do stand-up I had a whole list like you said there's the bucket list right yeah and I would get good ideas for what I should do on the podcast or a subject and sometimes I wouldn't write them down and then I'd be like what was that that I was thinking of yeah so how many bits have you probably lost even in the last while then probably lots I'm sure I'm, I'll probably think of them again like Facebook, they remind you of your memories <laughs> like a year ago. <laughs> oh, that joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. The kitty joke. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. In the class, do they ever explain how long you can kind of like run with a bit before it's time to put it to pasture? Or, um, or do they just help you craft one kind of routine? Not really. Like they essentially they don't, they just help you. Um, with the joke that you have like I would just say one joke at a time every class and then they'd be like that's really funny like I like that part here I like this part here that's really good I didn't understand this part okay and then you would just explain it and, and then I would take notes being like oh they didn't understand what this meant like I had a really bad um white male fragility kind of joke and the majority of them were like old white males and they were like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> are we sensitive? And I'm like, mm, probably not the right audience to sell this joke to. No, but you're also in Saskatchewan, which is probably like. That's why that's why I didn't use it at the revival room. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, mm. But you would have got the joke. attention of the heckler. Probably. Because he didn't pipe up till later. Yeah, they probably would have. I don't I don't think I wanted to <laughs> my first kind of like real show. I was actually terrified of the heckler 
because I was like, what? Like, right when he started heckling that guy, like my, one of my classmates, mm-hmm. which I thought was like in poor taste, um, I was like immediately thinking of ways that I could like come back and like get him. You know what I mean? What like, did he yeah. yell? He yelled, you're not funny. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Even I thought about it after the fact in a simple like, why don't you d- grow some balls and come up here one night, right? Like, right. Like, like it's was, not easy. Come try, right? Like something simple. I was like trying to think of like really funny things, like, um, like when like if you were to say something, I'd be like, oh, like I'm sorry, like I can you repeat that? Like I'm just it's so hard to hear like bullshit. Can I say? Can I swear? It. I put a rated R up here okay, on a that's second. Good. <laughs> Like, I'm like, oh, it's like so hard for me here to hear bullshit and like things like that that would not like make the audience feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And still keep the show going because that's what I was just I was like, what can I say that could keep my bit going without having to ruin the whole vibe? And the flow of it, right? Because you're yeah. trying to get into a flow and bring the audience into it and right. get them hitting on all the points that you wanted to make that are funny, right? Right. Yeah, it's it was such a generic. Just you're not funny. Like even if you would have yeah. picked on something part of the routine, you could have twisted it into the story, right? But, right. Yeah, that's. I think that's what's stressful for me is trying to find something on the spot, like, and like, like you know, interacting with the crowd. Like I could do my bit probably a hundred times over, and I'm sure it would be really funny still. But having to talk to people would be like the hardest part for me that I'd have to work on. You know. No, I get it. And even <clears throat> ever since I've kind of picked up watching Rogan's podcast, um, the person he is on stage is 100% different from him in real life. And he has a ton of his comedian friends on all the time. And every single one of them, especially if they're like brash, loud, like that last comedian of the night that kind of went off on the heckler, he was very brash, loud, crude, right? Yeah. Swearing. And that's kind of how Rogan comes across when I watch him. He's a very loud, like emphatic comedian, yeah. especially in his last two Netflix specials. But when you sit and listen to him, he's very insightful and kind of thinks right. about things through. And a lot of the comedians he has on, I find are the same way. But when they're up there, they're almost turning into a different version of themselves. Right. Yes. I feel, yeah, I feel like I'm a different version of myself on stage than how I am right now, for sure. Um not in like a huge way like i still feel like i still have a lot of my personality on stage it's just like my inner thoughts like coming out that's all it is does the microphone bug you oh it feels like i'm close talking with someone it just that's how it feels like (laughs) i'll draw a face on the pop filter for you next time yeah hello (laughs) i feel like i'm going on like this weird awkward like blind date like (laughs) and he's like a close talk he doesn't know his boundaries Got to check your breath. <laughs> yeah, like I'm always like constantly covering my mouth a little bit because I'm like, oh, I really don't want to. <laughs> but did having like committing to do this and coming over, does it give you like, did it give you the same anxiety that you'd have to have if you'd have to sit down and talk to somebody one on one that you didn't know or? Um, not really because it's, I'm looking at you. Okay. And I know you. That's even worse. Like <laughs> 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 no, no, it's just, it's, um, it's, I think it's just a mic. Yeah. Like, I have this huge, like, personal space. Yeah. 
Oh, I create that on purpose. <laughs> I think it would be weird if everyone was kind of like packed in. Super right? close, yeah. Because like there's versions of this microphone that are like all hearing in every direction, like yeah. omnidirectional. Okay. And then you just, there's lots of podcasts where they just, they plop it down in the middle of the table and they're all talking at one mic. Oh, okay. And that's not the vibe I wanted to go for. Like oh. I wanted to create this feeling of like. We're just hanging out. Yeah. Like come in, get comfortable. And if things work out right, you forget about the close talker, Yeah. <laughs> this mic in your face. Yeah. Or at least that's my goal, right? Right. No, yeah. I think um, after a while, you don't really notice the mic, but it still feels like I like need to give it a kiss at the end of the night. I don't know. Like, it's just <laughs> that, it's that <laughs> close to me, but I'm like, mm. like <laughs> yeah. and then how was it when you got up in front of the revival then? Uh, I was super nervous. I was, um, I think I told you, I'm like, oh, you'll probably find me outside throwing up. And I, <laughs> and I did check the alley as I walked up. <laughs> Just see if you, what, you're all right? Okay, it's all good. <laughs> I did make the mistake, though, of uh, taking an Advil before the show because I had a little bit of uh, a headache. And I was already, I, w- I felt like I was going to get a head cold. And um, so I was like, I'll take an Advil. It'll help with my congestion. And I took the Advil and then I ordered a beer. Here we go. An hour later. (laughs) (laughs) So I took the Advil at six and then I ordered the beer at like seven, seven thirty. And I was like, ooh, my legs are a little rubbery. I'm like, that can't be good. And I was like, oh, I took that Advil. I should probably stop drinking. (laughs) So, so I kind of made that mistake, um, but I, I think it worked out well. How many fall. of the comedians, like, did any of them, like, have a bunch of drinks to kind of get up the oomph to get on stage? Yeah, I think uh, Randy, the one with the roast beef okay. rump. She was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she had a few beers. Um, I would have had, I would have had more drinks if I did take that Advil because I don't... I'm a pretty lightweight though, so what? I don't know what I would have. I don't know if that would have messed me up or not. <laughs> All of our friends in common were power drinkers when I knew them. Really? Jamie? Yeah. Oh, oh Jamie? Yeah, he is. Aaron. Aaron's not anymore. No. I'm trying to. There was Jamie, Aaron, and Patricia. Yeah. Were the Filipino crew at BP's when I was there. Yeah. But everybody partied. It was the restaurant, right? Oh yeah. Plus, I think she was a bartender somewhere else too. Probably. So. Yeah. It's funny because I think she partied the hardest out of everyone. Oh, she had train wreck stories back then. Yeah. And now she's like a radiologist, like has her own practice. <laughs> like. <laughs> but yeah, I guess there was lots that I even knew in university. They would be like insane, like go off the rails party. But then like when it's adult time, you got it all out of your system, I guess. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think as long, I don't know. I think all Asians have this, where as long as you bring in the good grades, nothing else matters. <laughs> just just come back with a 90, <laughs> and you could do whatever you want till 3 a.m. It's fine. 90s aren't bad? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 99. <laughs> there you go. Well, you heard the Harvard thing, right? No. Oh, Harvard. who brought that up? Harvard College got nailed for making it harder for Asian students to get in. Oh, interesting is it because a lot of them are because they have an insane work ethic and they always oh, yeah. have good grades 
I, For sure. I guess I'm now I'm generalizing, but they were trying to bring down. It's prim. There must have been a point when Harvard was just like it, because it it must be like whatever super hard to get in already, right? It's like one of those yeah. Ivy League schools. Right. But I guess they must have hit a point where it was like all the Asians were getting in. So all of a sudden, like whatever their criteria was to get into Harvard. Yeah. Um, and this is all hearsay from whatever, right? But I think there were lawsuits even involved. But at some point, it was like they made it harder for well, certain yeah. demographics to get in. And right. even it out. I mean, yeah. Like, I guess that would make sense because a lot of, like, well, I wouldn't say a lot of my friends, but the majority of my friends that are Asian, like, a lot of them are very successful in the role that, like, whatever career choice that they made. And it's because all of us are just, like, I, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm very, I'm stereotyping a lot. <laughs> no, we both so are right now. But that's like, cool, I guess. <laughs> but there is... Somewhere in North American culture where work ethic has kind of dropped off. Yeah, I think that's because, like, Asian parents will just beat you <laughs> Fair if enough. you don't. Like, <laughs> I think my, um, I think I skipped school once. I skipped a math class and I had, like, a 98 average. Like, I was fine. I'll take, I'll skip one class. And my dad was like, they get, you get, you get a phone call at home and they leave you a message being like your daughter and son or son skip school at this time blah 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 my dad came to pick me up and he was like how was math class and i'm like oh shit <laughs> uh like i didn't go because like you know i'm doing so well anyways and he's like you either go to school or you quit school and you work there is none of this none of this skipping and i'm like oh god okay i don't want to work at robin's donuts all my life i'm sorry <laughs> don't take me out of school and that was like that was the end of the conversation yeah my dad has never like he's never yelled at me ever and he's never needed to he just comes out with this really stern voice whenever he needs to and it's like these threats that i'm pretty sure are like true like i've never tested them I'm pretty sure if I were to skip another class, he would just take me out of school and like get me working at Robin's Donuts right away. Because <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> like, okay. But it's almost like, have have you had, I guess you're, because my son's 12. I've already had to deliver the, I'm not mad at you, I'm disappointed in you speech. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the horrible, like, I think it's a rite of passage that every parent has to be like, no, I'm not mad. I'm just I'm really no, disappointed. No, my parents are always mad. They're always mad. <coughs> I don't think I'll ever get, like, I'm not mad. Because they 100% are always mad. And they'll always, they'll always show it. Like, my mom especially. She's, she wears her emotions on her sleeve. <laughs> no, that's fair. But my dad's the one who's just, like, he has these threats that are, like, small. And they're, like, but they are, like, very effective. Where it's, like... If you, if you have a baby before you finish high school, everything, everything that you love is going to be gone. Even me. I will pack up and leave and you'll never see me again. And I'm like, holy. That's not I a very <laughs> hallmark moment from your parents. No, it is. <laughs> and I think that's why Asian kids 
are like always like staying at home and studying because like they never i'm pretty sure all asian parents are like that they have these threats that are just it'll like get to your heartstrings like (laughs) yeah but on the other hand there's i think most parents now like especially when i go to like functions at the school as my son's been growing up i see more parents who want to be their kid's friend right and they don't like i got smacked with a meter stick and i probably deserved it as a kid nobody does that anymore right like no yeah i don't think i will either like i just but i also know that um like i just know that like it's a different time too like yeah it was completely acceptable to to threaten your kids with all this, like, you know, all this stuff. And even, I've never, well, I've never been beaten in my life, but I've definitely had, like, there's been punishments where I'm like, oh, like, this is, I should, I can probably call social services. I'm sure I can, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> social services. I didn't, that was never a thought. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I believe in healthy fear, though. I don't know if my kid has it really? of me. Really? Healthy fear? Yeah. With your kids? Well, or with your son? Healthy fear or respect? Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, he, he's well behaved. Like, he likes what he likes. He's got a pretty good life, right? So he's not going to, like, the other day some kid was an asshole to him at school and he just, like, open hand cuffed the kid. But he knows what he did is wrong. <laughs> But and he also knows when he comes home, there's he's not going to get hit for it at right. home. Where, well, not even twenty, maybe thirty, forty years ago, there would have been a smack, right? So it's just parenting's changed. Oh yeah, I feel like I I would never. I don't think I would ever like hit my kid. I'm I'm really open to like all the open conversations. Yeah. That like because my my kid's so open to me. Like she she'll tell me everything, but she's only five. Right. Like I'm like right now I'm her best friend and that's cool with me. And I'm like in my I'm trying to really just drive it down into her that like whatever choice you make, like that's like that's your choice. Like don't let me choose for you like your decision to like whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Like I don't want like obviously if you if you feel like you want to go down that road, that is you, man. That's you. That's all you. These are deep conversations for a five-year-old. What the hell? No, but I obviously <laughs> I don't talk to her like that. But like, it's like I'll I'll just be like, oh, you choose. You can. I give her that freedom to choose. Like, you choose what you want your bre- for breakfast, like within reason. Like, there's obviously we don't have, you know, I won't let her have chocolate bars and like. No, that's fair. Marshmallows, <clears throat> but you know, she she makes these really smart choices, and I think it's due to the fact that we give her that freedom to be like you choose what you want to eat not me like i will like there's these all these good things in front of you you could choose you know and i feel like that makes her a better person you know no that's fair and we're also in the age where i think i would venture to say most families are both parents are working right yeah like when i grew up my dad worked my mom stayed home she quit her job when the kids came along and so i'd wake up roll out get dressed breakfast's on the table whatever backpack on go come home lunch is sitting there ready right and it's just everything was pre-done and it was the old-fashioned family unit and that doesn't exist anymore no like even like the strict asian parents like that stereotype is almost non-existent 
with the next generation because I just feel like like a lot of my friends that are having kids now they're more relaxed and and I feel like because because you know a lot of that really strict upbringing yeah gives like a lot of other people stress like gives your kids stress and a lot of people are understanding that now like especially a lot of my Asian friends that are having kids they understand like the stress that their parents gave them and they don't want that on their kids so yeah. it's definitely a changing time and I it probably matters how many generations you've been in the country too right yeah. so me growing up in the 70s and 80s is a completely different time right so right and there's no internet there's no like the world is a smaller place when you move to one small town that's your entire community right so you right. don't yeah so what you're raised on is your life you don't see how like I wouldn't see how people lived in Toronto now I can see Toronto any day on the internet or whatever city I want to look at right right yeah it's more available for you there's a lot more information available for you for sure so you said you were going up Monday Monday night open mic nice a whole new routine uh, I have a few jokes that I want to try out. I asked, um, I asked my husband. I was like, "What do you think? Do you think this is funny?" And um, it's, I think it's hard getting critique from someone like when, especially if they don't hear the delivery. I'm like, I think this concept is funny, and he's like, "Yeah, whatever." I think so. <laughs> so it's better just to do it on the open mic and not ask. Do you find it better to bounce things off him? who you've known for a long time or off the people that you've taken the class with that you've kind of befriended now? Um, probably the people from the class. Because like, they're they they they're investing their time in comedy as well. So it's easier for them to be like, yeah, like I had this really bad joke about myself. And they were like, you do like a lot of self-deprecating <laughs> like on yourself, like, like this class. Like that was like crazy... Like, that was a crazy amount of self-deprecation. I'm like, oh, like, I really thought that was funny in my head. But, like, it turned into, like, almost like a Michael Scott situation where, like, he tries to, like, roast himself <laughs> and then it just kills it. So, I didn't, yeah, like. Maybe I'm they still, thought they signed up for a psychologist class and not a comedy class. Yeah, they were <laughs> like, oh, like, do you hate yourself that much? <laughs> so, I'm here's like, no. everything wrong with me, kind of wrapped in a humorous <laughs> yeah. shell. yeah. It's okay to chuckle. I'm dead inside. Like, (laughs) where do you go? I hate myself. Ha ha ha. (laughs) Like, I hate myself so much. (laughs) Because people keep drinking faster and faster. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how, have you been there before? No. How big's the room? Do you know? The cure? Yeah. Well, from looking, it's the old Tiki room. So. I'm trying to think where the. Downtown. Like, you know, the old, um. Yeah, World of Trout. Hmm. I remember Googling it and it came up on the map, but yeah, like... Near Vintage Vinyl. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hmm. But it's that old place, like... Yeah, Tiki Room is gone now. Now they have The Cure. So I'm pretty sure you could probably fit like 20, 30 people. That's a good room size, though, to bounce stuff off of and not... Yeah. And like you said, when you have insecurities about talking in front of a big crowd, that's almost perfect. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I'm working hard on like actually trying to socialize and network with people because it's nice to have a connection with other comedians about like the jokes that I have and the material that they have. Um, 
but that's I'm still working on that like uh, past the hat one of the comedians was like oh you should stay and like have a drink and I'm like huh, I gotta go okay so <laughs> I gotta, yeah. too soon <laughs> yeah. working up the energy yeah and that was at the exchange yeah the exchange. that's a big room yeah it wasn't that like it was like the other side not the main oh, okay yeah so there was only I think there was only like 10 or 15 of us in the audience did it surprise you how big the comedy scene is in the city yeah yep i had no idea um there's probably i think eight i want to say nine established comedians here that people know of and i had no idea who they were until i started getting more into this like paula's very established she's like she was hosting i think last weekend but yeah. You could um, probably find steady gigs. Yeah. I don't know if you can make a living off of it. Like, No, and I think I even told Paula because she was, when we were just talking about like getting into gigs, she was like, oh, you could get paid for some of this stuff. And I was like, yeah, like to be honest, I, I, I'm doing this for a hobby. I don't really feel like I have to chase gigs to get paid. I just want to, I just want to channel for my thoughts. Yeah. Really. And I enjoy stand-up comedy because, like, I've just grown up with it all my life. That this would be the easy, easy way to do it. Is so. it fulfilling what you wanted it to? Yeah. It absolutely. is? Right on. Like, it's kind of cool when you come off of a really good set and people were laughing. People that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, when I did my first set at Shannon's, um, it was, like, absolutely no one that I knew was there. And I did my set for five minutes and like people were like literally like there's because there's tables and then there's a wall and then there's more tables and then the mic. And people were go- coming around the tables just to see my set. And I thought that was like really cool. Is that the place where it's like buy a drink at five minutes? Yeah. Okay. Or um, if you sign up for open mic, you get a drink. Oh, is that how? Okay. Yeah. I remember Trevor explained it to me, so... Yeah, the cure is the one where you buy a drink and then you get your name on the set. Yes. Okay. So, but yeah, Shannon, like, that was my first time doing my set in front of people. And I was like, like, my stomach was in knots. But afterwards, it just, like, felt so good to actually, like, tell my jokes. Like, have people actually laugh and be like, okay, it is funny. I'm not just crazy. It <laughs> <laughs> was hunches paying off. <laughs> As opposed to everyone just slowly, one at a time, getting up and <laughs> yeah, walking away, getting into asking you to turn the lights out on your way out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had like random people hung me that night. It was weird. Like there's like like there was a huge table of like drunk rider fans that mm-hmm. that night, and what like two of them were like, "Let me give you a hug," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Did they know it was your first time? No, no. Okay. But they just like they were like, "Let me give you a hug," and I was like, oh, so, uh, "How about no yeah. <laughs> personal space?" <laughs> <laughs> I need my personal space. <laughs> just pepper spray them and go on your way. Yeah, that's cool. No, I thought maybe you had meant that. Um, you were like, "Hey, this is my first go into this," and then they were like, "Oh, that was awesome, big hug kind of thing." Oh no, no, I didn't tell anyone. I was just like. Just did my bit, and I was just want to see what would work. 
did. Yeah. How much of your original bits stuck around or anything? Like, I'm going to say 70%. That's pretty good then. Yeah. When you think that was your first foray. But how long did you polish before you went up at Shannon's? Um, so the night at Shannon's was the week before the revival room. Okay. Yeah. So I pretty much had everything that I wanted to say. So kind of like a dry run before the big. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, I I was initially going for my one friend who did, who wanted to do the open mic. And then his like mom was there and his mom was like, you should do it. Come on, do it. And I'm like, okay, like, I feel like I need to because I respect my elders. (laughs) Stop peer pressuring me, mom. (laughs) (laughs) So I just put my name up and then I was like, shit, what did I do? (laughs) In the alley vomiting again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think I might smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Weed. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) And then just leave. Yeah. (laughs) Do you find the people doing this class, you have a connection with them? Oh, yeah yeah and uh, i like like we we've now like we've gone out together we've hung out together um it's nice that like they will ask me for like oh like, do you think this is funny like i find that this is funny and i'm like yeah and we'll bounce ideas off of each other so that's kind of i find that kind of cool because we could talk about it like we could talk about these jokes i could probably do that all night with someone talking about their material and my material at the same time so that helps you get over the introvert thing yeah oh yeah yeah i remember my first two classes i didn't talk to anyone (laughs) did you just sit and listen or yeah yep no one even knew my name (laughs) they were like oh it's like the random asian (laughs) (laughs) so was it just like hey asian girl go up and give your five minutes then you'd like Pretty much. Go sit at the back for the next hour? Yeah, like, because they do, like, one hour of, like, I don't know, I want to say lectures, and then another hour of, like, everyone tried to get up there to do open mic. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, so the first time I didn't go up, I was like, I I can't. And then the second time I went up, I was like, okay, like, I didn't, like, I didn't write any of this stuff. I just think this is really funny. And then I said my joke, and everyone was like, yeah, like, okay. And then that's when I felt more comfortable with them because they were like talking to me and it wasn't, it didn't feel like anyone was like laughing at me, like in the sense that like, they're like, you idiot. Like, (laughs) but isn't that the, they were laughing with me, not at me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That sounded ridiculous. You're. But that saying has way more meaning now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you find you get along with that? Like. I'm assuming there's come some kind of kindredship out of like, cause you're all starting at the same place and stuff yeah. like that. Have you made some friends for life out of this? Or? I think so. I think so. Um, I think like uh, at least four of them, like four of them, including me are going to go back to the second class in winter. And um, it's just nice because we all understand each other. Like it's nice that we have this room to, it feels like I, um, when I'm in class, I, I'm more prone to write than I am if it wasn't a class. Does that make sense? No, it does. Yeah. And you're going in without jitters this time. Yeah. Like how many weeks do you, like, I don't want to say wasted, but how many weeks did it take you before comfort set in? You got to like these people, you got what he was teaching and then the wheels kind of started going, right? Two to three weeks for me. 
And how long classes. was the class? It's three classes. Um, eight classes long. Okay. That's that's when you think about it. That's like two months to go from zero to performing in front of a full room, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a huge win for myself. Oh yeah. <laughs> I never would have thought that I would perform in front of random people <laughs> ever. And then I did it in eight weeks because of this class. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. What percentage of that room was friends and family of performers? Because that I, must like ease it a little bit or no? Um, No. Like did having people you know there make it worse? Um, to be honest, it made it a little bit worse. Especially like my work friends. Yeah. Because I was like, I should invite them. Like, that'd be cool. And then I was like, I completely regret this decision. You could have said something and I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> well, and then I was like, I can't, like, you can't, re- you can't retract and invite. You can change what day it's on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoa, it's on you the... went, you went, oh, you went on the Wednesday. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah. Oh, you, you went to the Cure? <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. It was day before. Oh, it's you in did... a different place in Saskatoon. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, you have a babysitter already? Oh, that's just too bad. You'll have to cancel. <laughs> like, <laughs> Who else was at your table, though? Because you had, was it just friends, family? I only met the two of them, so. Uh, my sister-in-law was there. And then, like, really, really close friends were there. Like, they're fr- I've been friends with them for, like, probably since I was born, for the most part. So, yeah, they were, I consider them family. Yeah. Family family. Did you find that you were looking their way or trying to avoid their look when trying you were... Trying to avoid their look. I'm seeing... These are weird things that I'm curious about, right? Yeah. That, trying, definitely trying to avoid because um, I didn't want to crack, like, under pressure. Like, I was almost... I Because, like... Like laughing I, or crying? Laughing. <laughs> just like I... Because I really wanted to laugh really hard. And I was like, ah, uh, like, I'm... I'm a laugher. Like, I laugh, like, all the time. And um, if I were ever to see their faces, I would. I probably couldn't even finish my joke. Oh, so if you were being funny and they started laughing, you would join them. And yeah. that would kind of derail the set then. Right. Okay. Like, that's like that's just what me and my friends do. Like, we, like, this is, and essentially the stories that I tell is what I would tell to my friends if we were having coffee. Okay. So it's like, and then we would just, like, laugh for, like, four hours no and that's kind of the vibe you want too you want to feel that comfortable and like i'd said there were some people that you could tell they were tense and then like i don't know i felt like you did a i don't know if it was the advil in the drink or what but you felt like you got up there and you kind of just relaxed and went through your set like yeah you didn't rush it like i don't know if that was a thing that people had to kind of like be told to slow down yeah when they got nervous definitely a lot of people i think there was that one Median Scott, the one who had the Timbit joke. I don't know if you, but his when I when he asked me, he's like, "Why aren't people laughing at my jokes?" And I'm like, "I think it's like your pauses because your material is really funny, but you don't give people a chance to even like to even laugh. So how could you even wait? Like, how could you even get them?" laughing when you're not even allowing them yeah was he the camping sunburnt story no no that's Renee and then Scott was the one um he had a joke about he just recently got divorced he has a girlfriend okay 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 yeah yeah 
Hmm. And he was like, I just find that like, it's, yeah, like the pauses are important because it's like, I think the, our instructor said it best where he was like, um, you're not doing a monologue. You're, you're like kind of interact. You're having a conversation with the audience. And when he said that, it kind of clicked for me because it's like you, like them replying back to you is them laughing. Right. And you want to wait for that. Otherwise you're just doing one big monologue. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, there's no, there's no interaction with the audience. So did they ever kind of say like how often you wanted to get a laugh out of the crowd or does it depend on the bit or it just, yeah, I think it just depends. Like it depends on your bit. Like it depends on like what you think, where they should laugh or like where they should stop to like, kind of like soak it in. You mm-hmm. know? Like so. No. And that's like with your repeating of the two and I keep bringing this up when I talk to you, but I felt yeah. that was a really good job of like, um, spacing letting people get the laugh out having that like space like between the twos yeah Yeah. but dropping it and then knowing when like i don't know if you had it pre-planned how many times you're going to do it or if you if you say it too well they kind of laughed maybe another one say it again like yeah and wait until it's like a certain level of laughter and then you're like okay this bit's (laughs) dead now let's move on to the next one right yeah like i i think i learned my pauses there when i when i did my bit at shannon's because I, like, had, like, you know, I was just, like, two, 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 two. And then at the end, people were, like, ha, ha, ha. But I was, like, oh, like, dude, like, just just wait. Just wait a little bit. Think about it for a bit. Or don't overkill it too fast. Or... Yeah. Okay. That's super cool. So you're going back. Is it, like, a winter course then again now around? Yeah. Like, I think it'll probably be almost the same material. Um. Like, I'm. I just want to go back to see everyone with their new material, and see what they have to offer. And then, like, it'd be nice to see new comedians come out or new people that want to try out, like stand-up comedy. Did they say how many regularly take the class? Like usually ten to twelve. That's not bad. Yeah. If it's offered, what two three times a year? I think twice. Twice? That's it? That's not bad. To get yeah. a dozen people? Yeah. It's pretty cool. I think Paula came out of that class two years ago or last year. Okay. Yeah, so she took the class and she came out of it. And now she's pretty established. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I w- Yeah, I don't think I ever caught the name of the other lady beside me at the bar. Because there, the I- the- <laughs> <laughs> there was the two of them sitting there. And yeah, like... The one who was right beside me at the beginning, she, I was like, oh, did you take the class or how did you do this? She's like, I just walked up one night to an open mic and went. Yeah. And that's how, I don't know, that's how I envisioned myself just kind of winging it one night. Yeah. I think I would do worse in the class setting. I don't know why. Right. Like, yeah, I don't think any, everyone would do very well in the class setting. Me, I'm, I overanalyze and I overprepare. That's just who I am. And then I thought that class setting was like really great for me just because I needed to, I needed a chance to just even say things out loud without people being like, boo, oh, boo. (laughs) How (laughs) dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I found that, I found out that girl's name though. It's quite funny because she was at Pass the Hat and she did her set at Pass the Hat and she's 
freaking hilarious. The one that was beside me? Yeah. Oh, right on. She's like, so I saw her and she's like, oh, hey, Jane. And I was like, hey, girl. <laughs> That's funny because we just talked about that, the whole like not remembering names. <laughs> so bad. And then she's like, you don't remember my name, do you? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty bad with names. So she's like, oh, I'm Lily. And now I know her name because I'm like so focused on trying to get this girl's name. Because I met her now three times. <laughs> so, yeah. Her Just name keep is, it in there now. Her name is Lily. I won't forget it. But she had, she recently had a, a, a show. She was hosting another show um, on Saturday. And um, so she does her stand-up comedy. And she does like a variety show almost. Oh, cool. Which I thought that was cool. Her bit, it was really funny. She had a lot of stuff that she had to say that was... Yeah, it was pretty good. Probably check her out. No, I'm curious to just like because I want to come with on Monday and kind of check it out. And yeah, I'm going to slow roll myself into like accomplishing it at some point. Nice. Probably the first time you say, oh, I can't make it this time. Then. (laughs) Yep. Peace out. No. And that's the thing, right? Like I have, like you said, with like a diary or a journal or whatever, right? Like I have something and I'll get half done writing a story out or something that I think is funny in my mind. Yeah. And like halfway through, I talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And I got to just like either finish it and show it to somebody or something, right? Because yeah. I have like five half written stories. Oh, me too. I have like even one liners. Like, some, like there's this one line that I wrote in the beginning of the class. I forget what it was. It was like something like, um, I love going to bachelorette parties with white girls. And that was it. Like that, I was like, why? Why did I write that down? <laughs> I just saw it in my journal the other day. I'm like, when did I think that was funny again? Because white girl wasted is actually a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because like white girls are like just so like. So I, I just think this is funny because like I, I think racism and stereotypes are funny to me. That's like just my thing. And I went to a bachelorette party with my friend who's who's white. And, um, like before that I went to a bachelor party with like for a Filipino, um, bride to be, and they're so like everyone, it just feels like it's a kid's birthday party, but with penises, like <laughs> penis straws, like pin the tail on like the Brad Pitt or whatever. Fuck a suck. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, it feels like it's a kid's party. When you go to a bachelor party with the white girls, it's like you actually get to see penises and I'm like, holy crap, like there's one right there. Like it's real. Like they're like they're like they're real when it comes to bachelorette parties. I feel like Love Plus probably makes eighty percent of its money off bachelorette party, like oh, yeah. paraphernalia, like the penis yeah. thermos with the straw at the top and like all the yeah. different like penis gummies that they tape to her shirt and just because yep. I used to work at a few nightclubs, right? And just They'd all come through in their white t-shirts with like all the shit on it and all the... Yep. And they'd have the mascara running because someone had a good cry during the night. It's just like, it was a train wreck every single... And then one of them would have like, why can't I think of what it's called? The little crown Crown? the veil thing or whatever that meant she was the bride or whatever, right? Oh, the tacky shit. Oh, white people do tacky the best. I love it though. (laughs) I'm all for it. Like, I'd rather go to a bachelorette party. If I had to choose, and, and it was, like, a white girl versus, like, one of my Filipino friends, I'm going to go to that white girl's bachelorette party because I know it's going to be, like, hardcore. Like, I know I'm going to see some shit I've never seen before because I've lived in a bubble, like, 
30 years of my life. <laughs> That's just the <laughs> You don't find that dangerous? <laughs> no, I love it. I just like, I'm all for it. I'm like, I'm here to experience the world. Like, yes, I might try some PCP. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'm okay waking up in Ohio. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw my passport, right? Just <laughs> bring it all. Get ready. Um, I like that we talked about PC. Do they warn you about that in class? Is um, it something that comedians have to tread? No. They warned us about being cringy. And like I think PC is a little bit part of that. So you could be like you could talk about things that aren't politically correct in the most tactful as long as you do it very tactfully. Like you can't just be like, oh like, you know, like blackface, blackface, blackface. Yeah. Without having any real funny content. You know, and uh, some of the comedians in the class had that, like, had those jokes where we were like, hmm, <laughs> I feel like you truly are racist. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to take the class. <laughs> Just, we're going to weave that one out for you <laughs> on your behalf. Let's leave that. Yeah. We'll never speak of it again. <laughs> so they don't bring that up, hey, because I've no. always kind of wondered, like, and I know. I think we did talk about Dave Chappelle's latest special and he kind of like, it was weird. I didn't laugh a lot. He just, it felt like he's a comedian and he kind of went on the attack about the PC culture and the different like, um, well, he was getting a lot of like criticism because of the whole like trans joke and like LGBTQ. He came out and called them the alphabet people. Yeah. Cause he didn't want to have to say all the letters and symbols every single time right right and i just feel like um i don't know like i i just i think that's funny (laughs) i think that's funny in my own but like i also like i would never no i just think that's funny i'm gonna be honest i just think that's like his bit was super funny i thought and uh comedy is just comedy like as long as there's no like dave i don't i can't speak for dave but i just feel like he wouldn't be, ah, you know, I can't say that. But I just feel like jokes would be funny for me as long as I know the context and who's it coming from. Yeah. That's I also it. think that it's a vocal minority, right? And I think that 90% of society will laugh at these things if they're genuinely funny, even if it is wrapped in some form of like a racial joke. or Yeah. Like, like I... I said right from the beginning of that class, I'm like, I just think racism is funny. Just going to let you know that right now. Like, so, you know, I apologize if you're not going to like my jokes. But, like, you know, I I said my jokes and a lot of people laughed. I'm like, hmm, now you're laughing a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep my eye on this one. Yeah. But, yeah, like, because I'm in my 40s, right? So, and growing up in this province, like, there's a whole like sect of the province that was all based on Ukrainian settlers. Right. Yeah. And so one of the big things is growing up Ukrainian was there was tons of like horribly racist Ukrainian jokes about how stupid you were. So I don't know if you've ever even come across that culture. Right. Cause it's more of like small town kind of crap. Right. But it's like, it's funny. The stereotype was like, there was tons of them growing up. It's like, if you're Asian, you're good at math. That was a stereotype growing up. And right. if, if you're Ukrainian, you're a moron, right? And there was like all these, all these horrible stories. You've never heard them? I've never 
heard it at stereotype. Oh my god. Ukrainians being stupid. That was that was one of the big stereotypes growing up. It's like, how do you confuse a Ukrainian? And it's like, send him into a round room and tell him to pee in the corner. Oh my god. Or how do you know a Ukrainian's been using your computer? There's whiteout on the screen. (laughs) I've never heard of that. That's uh... You're one awesome. of the lucky ones. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's, but it's malicious, but funny, right? Like, yeah. and you have to find that edge, right? Yeah. Like I find, I find things especially funny, especially if they're not like, they're just very over the top racism. And like, you know, as I, for me, like when Dave Chappelle was talking about LGBTQ, I find that a lot of his stuff was over the top. That's why I found it funny because like I like, well, I don't want to be like, oh, I have gay friends, but like all of my gay friends don't act like that, (laughs) you know? And I just, that's why I just think it's funny because it's just so over the top. It would never, it's not reality. It's just really funny. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, and I've always been curious about like where you can tread with stuff, right? Like, because even Rogan, he made fun of um, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner. Right. In one of his bits, and I remember he was like, I think kind of on the fence about using it, right? It's like, yeah. how soon can you pick on somebody who's transitioned, who's also a former gold medal mm. Olympian, right? And it's, yeah. and just the entire state of the Cardassian family being wrapped in it, right? Like there's oh, yeah. humor in there. Yeah. Because that entire thing's ludicrous. Yeah. I think they, they even like during the past the hat set, a lot of the comedians brought up Don Cherry. And um, I thought a lot of that stuff was was funny. And then near the end, they were like, ah, no more Don Cherry jokes. Like, we're just killing it here. And I'm like, yeah. But you want to stay relevant. You want to keep your bits moving. And that's oh, yeah. a simple, easy get them, right? Like, yeah. one of my favorite things that I saw on Twitter that revolved around that, one guy was like, I can tell you how you voted in the election last month based on your Don Cherry reaction. And he was pretty much saying, like, if you backed on Cherry, I know you're a conservative. Right. (laughs) Right. Or if you're all about, like, like, no, get him off the air, then you're obviously, like, far left, right? So so they just roasted him, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of that. Whatever. I don't know. I, like, there was, it was, it's just, it's funny. Um, I think they just wanted to, they just needed that material because he's so, like, he's so relevant right now. Eh, whatever yeah that's cool though because well you need i guess i don't know i guess if your debate if your bits depend on like if you're constantly evolving with what's going on in mm-hmm. kind of pop culture and the world now like that was one thing i kind of were wondered about when i was like thinking about stuff because i would come up with the odd like political joke and i would just throw them out immediately because i think that would just set people off in the crowd oh Obviously it would, yeah. Too easily. So you have to kind of... But then, like, my favorite comedian of all time is George Carlin. Right. And his stuff was so brilliantly political. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't know where you... Like, it's such a skill. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I think... Even at... You know what? Even at Shadden's, there's two people who were... Had political jokes that, no, it was like crickets. And I, like, I thought some of this stuff was funny. But be, you could tell, like, some a lot of these tables were very conservative. And they were, like, making fun of the conservatives. They would talk about Green Party. 
and then they were like there was no there was no laughs <laughs> it was just crickets and i just felt so bad because you just really gotta find your audience <laughs> and you have to understand that not everyone's gonna laugh at your like at your political jokes like you gotta like obviously you could see there's two tables of like rider fans all of them looked like they were farmers like and they were laughing at the farmer jokes and then when it comes to politics it was like no <laughs> not not you're get off <laughs> hmm. how much did you learn when we went to the casino and saw joe McHale? um not, not speaking a lot. speaking of jokes that hit on a dead audience oh. because he just talked about american geography and his vacations okay. there it was very i learned about being cringy on stage <laughs> like being <laughs> uncomfortable i think that was a bomb don't you like i didn't think that was funny at all the opener from pa was hilarious yes. because well he's from here he told yeah. jokes about things from here yeah yeah and he made it relevant to where like what we're like in this province yes we probably all drink a little hard and we yeah. party a lot yep. and this is our culture and I hate the word culture now. Um, <laughs> and this is what we do. And he would just wrap, he wrapped it in. F and I think they pushed him out there and just pretty much said, Mr. McHale's plane just landed. Go yeah. be funny until he comes out with a microphone. Right. And like, I'm pretty sure that's probably what happened. Because yeah. how late were they? Two hours late? Two hours. Yeah. Because they kept giving us those gambling token things to go back and kill time. Right. Yep. And I think they finally just opened the doors and they were like, okay, PA guy. You are now killing the clock till Joe McHale walks in. Right. And I think he did amazing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because there was no segue. It's just like the headliner just kind of walked out with his mic then, right? And it's yeah. like, and then took us off a cliff to non-funny land. Yeah. And that's who we paid the $80 for. Right. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, I just feel like he didn't, I think he only Googled Regina from the plane. You know what I mean? Because he tried to make a few jokes about this. What place. did he bring up again? The lake? I, yeah, something like that. He kept bringing up the Wascana and something else. And it wasn't even. I'm like, we're like, yeah, like it's like, <laughs> it's a lake. Cool. <laughs> like what? And then he started talking about like all this stuff happening down south. And we're like, all of us were like, mm, I don't understand. Didn't he say he wasn't going to make fun of the Regina name? Yeah. Because he's like, you probably have, get you probably get it enough. Yeah. It right. just felt like, because do you remember when the Rolling Stones came here? Yeah. There was a group of, there was a t-shirt company that had like Regina, the city that rhymes with fun shirts made and whatever. Yeah. But that's like, I swear, like you said, he probably Googled and like found five minutes of like local material. Yeah. And then he just started telling us about his family vacations and that his son is a prick like he is. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. No one's no one's relating to your material. Did that deter you at all, or did that give you some inspiration? Because I'm assuming that was leading up to you taking the class, right? It deterred me from what not to be. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, it was a lesson. I, it was. I went to Joe Coy. Do you know who Joe Coy is? No. But he was at the casino, and that was uh. Probably two months, two months before, uh, two months after. Because Mikhail was June? Yeah. yeah. And Joe Coy was in August, I think. Okay. 
and he was he killed it like he was just like and you know joe coy's he's he's filipino he's half filipino and a lot of people here were that came to see him were filipino and he's like i'm pretty sure like i like all the filipino population from regina is here <laughs> like everyone is brown and he would just like he spent like 60 minutes like just asking people in the like in the audience what they want what they are what the names were like literally didn't use any of his material at all and he killed it killed it and i think that made me more motivated because he was such he's so good that he used 15 percent of his material and then spent the rest talking to people and i was like wow like and he was just that charismatic and yeah. interacting with everybody. And I thought that was really cool. And I'm like, that's like the opposite of me. Because I don't think I could ever talk to someone. <laughs> like try to be that funny. But like I think about that stuff a lot. Like the stuff that he was talking about. I'm like, oh, like <laughs> that's like the stuff that's going on in my head that I'd like to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I thought that it was a really good, it was really good to kind of see him before taking the class. No, that's, and that's cool. Like, did you make an effort to see a lot of comedians leading up to it or? Um, yeah, Joe McHale. We, I saw Seinfeld. That That'd was last year. I did Joe Coy. Okay. Yeah. Which was your favorite of the three then? Joe Coy. No, sorry. It was a, it was a tie. Seinfeld was so good. <laughs> I love that guy, man. Like he's so, I just like, I don't think he even had material really either. He was just thinking of stuff in his head, but that's, Regina. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the true skill of it. But then again, he had a show about nothing for how many years, right? And yeah. then it's like, I think he's one of those people who can just that can walk out and just be funny. And yeah. like you said, like, what's on my mind today? Let's unclutter what's up there and kind of work it out in front of a crowd. Right. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. I remember um, I went and saw an evening with Kevin Smith once. Oh, okay. Um, and he was in Calgary and he did, you could tell he did the same thing. He like Googled, was it Calgary? Anyways, in Alberta, I went and saw him and he came out and he always does research on the city he's in before he goes, right? But he came out and he goes, did you know that this city invented the escalator? And we're like, what? <laughs> and he's like, as a fat man, I appreciate this shit. <laughs> it's like moving stairs. It's brilliant. But at least, but he... It was the opposite. Like, Mikhail grabbed Regina stuff that was not funny. Yeah. And try... Or I don't even know if he was just trying to relate. Yeah. But Kevin Smith grabbed stuff and he found humor in, like, right. oh, you guys invented moving stairs. I'm a lazy fucking dude. That's awesome, right? Like, <laughs> and during the night, he would work stuff like that into it. And it's just... Right. I don't know if it's whether you think you're so good, you're not putting the effort in anymore or, right. like... Like how hard does someone like Seinfeld still hustle or how hard does someone like, like I know Joe Rogan, he says he's writing all the time. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. But he has like five jobs, right? Like he has his podcast. He commentates for the UFC. He's a comedian. I can't remember. Right. Like, I think he had a Netflix show for a while. Like he's one of those dudes that like has to stay busy, yeah. but he says he's writing all the time. Yeah, I believe it. I feel like you have to exercise that part of your brain all the time otherwise you lose it because 
Like, I don't think I would have, um, I have new material because I'm constantly writing all the time now. And I'm like, I would like just record myself like on my phone and just be like, Hey, like this is super funny, Jane. Think about it. Like if I don't have my journal with me and like, it's a good idea. Cause yeah, like I'll be going for walk. Like when I used to go for walks at work all the time, mm-hmm. I would get awesome ideas like when, cause the blood's flowing, right. And you're mm-hmm. getting warm and you're getting your, you're kind of on your own and you're thinking, yep. no, that's a good idea. Cause yeah, like I have a stack of books there that I found that have like each has like a bunch of different weird things written in it about different things I want to do. Right. So the voice recorder would actually be a really good idea. Well, I think it's good too. Cause it's like, I, um, I write down stuff that happens to me that I think is funny. And if I were to like stop like experiencing the world, I wouldn't write really funny stuff anymore. So it's nice to have just my phone and like in the minute I was like, Oh, I thought that was really funny. What happened? And I'll like say it right away. Mm-hmm. So I don't forget it. And then I'll like write it down. <laughs> but is there a point where it's too soon where you're like recording like, man, there was this bitch behind me in line and she yeah. started doing it. And then, Oh, she's still here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not talking yeah. about you. It's fine. Like records like lineups. <laughs> super funny. <laughs> That's super cool. So you're going to go up tomorrow night? Yeah, tomorrow night I'm going to try some stuff. And then I um, put myself on the list for the next Pass the Hat. Oh, right on. Which is December 13th. And I already have, <laughs> I, told, I told my mom about it. I was like, oh, like I'm trying this new hobby as like a stand-up comedian. And she's like, oh, good for you. Like, you should not uh, talk about that time. Uh, we all thought you were a lesbian. I'm like, what? You all thought I was a lesbian? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not appreciating honesty time right now, mom. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yo, you should talk about it. Like, talk about that time you did this and then this. I'm like, wait, like, <laughs> are you trying to give me material? <laughs> <laughs> Do a lot of people try and, like, give you stuff now that you've come out and said you're doing this? Yes. Yes. All the time. Like, even, like, Jay from work. <laughs> Gave me a whole bunch of these like jokes from like the calendar that she has. If it's written on a calendar, it's been done. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, maybe you could use these for the Christmas party. (laughs) Just go up at the Christmas party with like a box (laughs) and just start picking out the the notes from Jay. Yeah, that's it. I think Jay would be the only one laughing. She's (laughs) she's got a great laugh though. Like, oh yeah, I love it. So contagious. (laughs) That's the best part about that area that I'm in now. Like. <clears throat> even when like how long have you been there now a year has it been a year now almost yeah how long did it take all of us to warm up into being a group when was our first D session really right what was first D or the board games D, I think right yeah no it was board games because we played coup i thought we were doing a couple carcassones from brad to start or was uh... coup we did Koo was upstairs on fifth floor, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the first time we ever did. Was it? Okay. Yeah. That was fun. And then fun. we did Carcassonne second, and then D&D. That Speaking was... of Koo, I just saw a station today. Where? Um, Every Sunday, my son has a math tutor okay. way out east, and so I always pop in at that Walmart because I, ah. I know he works there. Yes. And he's always, he works at the customer service area, and I'm like, isn't yeah. that the worst job in the world? Because everyone just comes up to you mad. Yep. And he's like, oh, no, I love it. And I'm like, oh, 
okay right like everybody likes like i don't know if he got off on the conflict or like no it was just or maybe if there were slow days he just got to hang out behind the counter but like he liked it right and so i went in today and i always try to walk by the customer service counter so i can wave to him he wasn't there and i'm like well fuck because <laughs> i would stop and chat with them every once in a while um so i went and did my hour of like grocery shopping waiting for my son yeah. and on the way out i get this tap on the shoulder and it's him and he's like didn't you hear me yelling i was like trying to track you down in the store and i'm like oh cool and he had like inst- vest no he had a yellow one this time oh and i'm like oh. what's with the yellow vest you a big wig now and he actually held out his name tag and it said manager yeah wow good for him i know i think that's okay so i had to return some items <laughs> to Sachin, and he's like well you're returning a lot <laughs> the one time i had to return it was to him too yeah i'm like do you need the receipt he's like yeah no we're good yeah, <laughs> just that's what he said to me but the uh, the girl so it's funny because i i was talking to the girl the girl's like you need a receipt or else we're just gonna give you a gift card and I was like, oh, I really don't want a gift card. I just want, like, my money back because um, I, like, fucking hate Walmart. And <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay, like, I, you know, you guys have returned this for me before. Like, is there anything that you could do? And then Satchel comes in. He's like, Jade. I'm like, hey. Did he, like, come in to, like, push her out of the way? And <laughs> yeah. he's like, here's your money. Have pretty, a nice day. Pretty much. He was like, yeah, here you go. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. I'm like, I love you. Nice. <laughs> Because, yeah, like, and another time I went in there, he was working the, like, what are they, automated checkouts or whatever. And then all the lineups were insane that Sunday. And I was, and I hate using those, like, do-it-yourself checkouts. Yeah. And I'm, because I didn't realize you have to weigh your stuff before. Right. Scan it and weigh it again after. Yeah. I had no idea. And he must have thought I was an idiot because he's like, okay, Paul, put it all down here. And he, like, (laughs) he literally did it for me except for the payment part. And he's like, now scan this, now put it here. And I felt like a two-year-old. I'm like, hmm? You're like, thanks, Satchin. Yeah, thanks, Dad. (laughs) Now I know how to check out a Walmart. (laughs) So, yeah, he came up and he had his fancy vest. Nice. He's all proper. All the power of Walmart. That, Satchin's just moving on up. (laughs) I just remembered. It's so funny because it says manager. I'm like, oh, you're a manager. Have you made anybody cry yet? <laughs> and he goes, actually, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, it's sad. And so my my joke kind of went south because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, you can yell at people and make them cry. And he's like, yeah, it's it's already happened once. It's like, oh, no. Okay, we're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> he's just like the kindest soul. You know what I mean? Like. He's just so, like, he's just a good guy. I That's can why see him. I like him sitting next to Scott when we play D&D. Me too. Because <laughs> Scott's just, like, he's so, like, assertive. And, like, he's like, let's do this. Do this now. So I'm just like, okay. That was the other thing I wanted to talk about today. I'm glad we're on that subject. Um, <clears throat> you had mentioned that you knew, have you played Pathfinder or you just knew about it? I've played Pathfinder before. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun um but it's way more yes rules there is yeah. fifth edition is very fluffy light easy more kind of theater of the mind right um i enjoy D better because of the better. group or because it's light on the rules maybe both um i because this is my first D group i've never 
done anything else. With oh, and nothing will compare to this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I highly enjoy the fact that we have these, like, five misfits who are completely opposite in the personality scale. Like, Scott's, like, the boss. And Tia's just, like, this, like... I don't. Even, I can't even explain Tia. She's just this little fairy, like she's very high energy, loving, yes. like lovable, just, high yeah. energy, but like sort of like just go getter. Mm-hmm. And then Brad, who's like the fumbling, <laughs> quiet knight. <laughs> How do you explain him? He's like the uh, the dwarf who makes I, a lot of noise. Yeah, I don't think that the character because it was it was random. Like I put all the things in envelopes. Yeah. The dice, the characters, and everything, put them out random. And I don't think it could have worked out better yeah. for who got what. I agree. Like, I feel like you love being the rogue that can, like, hide in the shadows and then run out and stab yeah. the crap out of something. Silent but deadly. Yeah, or, like, <laughs> finding the traps, picking the locks, kind of, like, stuff yeah. like that. Tia loves being, like, the old classic wizard that has, like, the spell book and the memorization. and Yeah. And I remember when I went out and bought the packs of the spell cards for mm. her and Brad, right? I didn't think it would be that big of a hit. I just thought it would be easier for organization. But like, I like how she loves going through them and trying to oh yeah, reading them at the last second to see if there's something helpful in it. And just, She's so yeah, she loves reading all that stuff. And yeah. And Scott getting the goon where he doesn't have to read his sheet ever. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, which is my attack again. Wham. <laughs> yeah. Let's just drink beer. <laughs> and you then you yeah. do all that stuff. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, brad getting like the cleric dwarf guy that's hard to kill but he's super helpful right like yeah yeah but you've been enjoying it oh yeah yeah it's hard because like i know that all of us are so busy so i feel bad when when i when we all have to reschedule or like we've only had to do that twice yeah yeah one because of me yeah and then because of scott that's and yeah it's fine for me like i can yeah, yeah. Everyone else might be busy, like, or has stuff coming and going. It's like today at 6 p.m., my son goes to his mom's house. Right. My week opens up and then I can do whatever, do whatever I feel want. like it. Right. Yeah. And I, I, the D&D is the only kind of like long out plan that I make. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then everything else is like, oh, cool. Monday, I'd like to join you for that. And then right. I can kind of do things more on the fly. Right. And I enjoyed more. And I found, um, after I left the restaurant industry, I kind of shelled up. Yeah. And with the office job, I was, until the pack of you came around, mm-hmm. it was mostly people that was maybe 15, 20 years older than me. So I just went about my day and I might have inadvertently become an introvert. Mm. And I love coming out to your comedy thing. So thank you. Because okay. I loved being out around people again. And I didn't yeah. realize how much I missed it. Because I used, I worked at a bunch of, um nightclubs in the city like bps with um aaron and jamie like i was used to i didn't realize that i missed being around like a thriving room of people right that are having fun right like so that was like i thought it was super cool and it was just like and i don't know what possessed me to like just like the place was full but i just i don't think even a year ago i would have plopped down next to two strangers and just started chatting I honestly thought I was like, oh, that's very you. <laughs> it was then, but it went away for a while. And I oh. kind of, between like divorce and a few other things, I kind of, and 
the desk job that wasn't exactly exciting when I was upstairs doing HRPA stuff, I kind of got boring, right? And just kind of clammed up. And so this thing kind of got a little fire lit that I want to be out and doing stuff more. So, yeah, I think like, you know what you're in your, like, I think office jobs bring out like bring out the introverts in everyone because before I worked like for you guys, I worked at SLGA in the IT department and they are super introverted over there. Like, so like that, like brought me down to like, I was like, I'm an introvert. Yes. But I was even more of an introvert over there. And then I come here and then I think that you guys have brought a lot of um, the extrovert out of me in that like everyone's so social, like everyone's so like just safe <laughs> that it's easier for me to like talk. Yeah. I would venture to say between the board gaming and like now that it's common knowledge that you did the comedian thing, like I didn't want to say a peep until you were kind of the one yeah. to tell everyone, right? Like right. I didn't want to be like, I know what stand up comedian. Like, <laughs> <No. Yeah. laughs> she works here. <laughs> yeah. So, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think people around us on that floor that hear us kind of gabbing away all yeah. the time. Yeah. I don't think they would describe you as an introvert. No, like, well, the people that I talk to are probably like, oh, you're not an introvert. But I'm sure like people in benefits, like I don't ever talk to them. I don't ever, I would never go venture over there and be like, hey, like, oh, like nice kids. Those are a nice picture of your kids. Like, let's talk more. Like, I would never. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> Is that see, what you say to people? <laughs> see, and I'm mad because at one point I knew every name in that building and I, <laughs> and I actually knew the person. And now I would say I know 60% of that building because of the, between the radical turnover of retirement, people changing jobs and coming and going. It's just, it's government, right? Like everyone moves jobs and this influx of youth. And there's just some youth that I just, I know I'm not going to get along with. Mm. And so I don't even make the effort, right? Is it Dylan? I'm just joking. (laughs) Just kidding. Him, say it. I finally had an in with him because he has those Funko Pops yeah. on the top of his cubicle and I might be known to have a few too. <laughs> so I like kind of gave him what I like a rating of like, oh, that one's cool. That one's cool. Like, why do you have that guy? That guy's not cool or whatever. And I just kind of gave him the gears about them and went about my way. Right. But he was the first person to sign up for Mario Kart. Really? Like when I put the signs up, boom, he was nice. over there and. Like, right in there. He's going to destroy us all. Oh, I'm sure he will. Like, we're not going to compete with a 21-year-old's reflexes. Yeah, I feel like I have to maybe find a way to cheat (laughs) if I want to win that trophy. I'll I'll come up with a sheet of all the courses for everyone I like. Here, go practice. Why can't it be easy? Like, up, up, down, down. Left, right, left, right. (laughs) Up, up, down. All those codes to unlock extra stuff. (laughs) Cheat. I want to cheat. But I didn't even like, it's so funny because after we organized that, I came home, broke it out and started playing again. And I thought all cars were equal and all characters were equal because I'm just, I guess I'm dumb that way to like Mario Kart. Right. And Xander comes in and he's like, do you know what's better if you use this guy in this car with these wheels? And I'm like, really? (laughs) And so then I Googled it and yeah, there's all these weird combinations that like the heavier guys, like so Donkey Kong, Bowser, Mm -hmm. they speed up slower but once they're going you can't fuck with them because you can't bump against them and move them right they'll so, bump you like, right they'll... and so those are the better guys to use and it's like 
I almost wish he didn't say that because now I want to use those characters. Right. Because up until that point, I would only use the Mario in like the plushy suit. <laughs> yep. And I would just use Mushroom. Right. And I'm not going to change, but it's like, yeah. but now I'm curious to see who like logs in and uses Bowser specifically with that thing. And I'll be like, okay, they know the tricks, right? Right. Which I'm assuming will be all the 20 year olds. Dylan. <laughs> Dylan. He's on the list. Yeah. I'm going to be watching him like a hawk. Yeah, he has a Kilo Ren figurine, and oh, I, yeah. I want to smash it so bad. <laughs> I hate those movies. Don't. I know. I'm just going to replace it with, like, Luke Skywalker one day, and he'll never know where it went. <laughs> 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 or a Yoda or something, right? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I still, I don't know. I still like those movies. I don't care. I like, I like the concept. I still love the concept. I'm in the middle of the... F- Disney Plus just came out last week. Yep. On Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. And it crashed, but <laughs> but I'm in the middle of a free week trial. Oh nice. And the first things I went to was episode four, five, six, mm-hmm. done. Yep. And even upstairs my son would like poke his head because he hates movies. He likes short episodic things. Oh yeah. But he even he would stop and kind of like peek oh, his yeah. head in. Because it's still t- iconic to me, right? Yep. The only thing that grinds my gears is all the changes they made. Oh, like to like make it more, um, what's when, it called? When CG techno- CGI technology came out, he made a bunch of changes to all of them. Right. So some things I like, some things I don't, right? Like some things oh, yeah. you just could not make it in 1983 or whenever, right? Yeah. Or depending on which movie. Right. But then there was other additions to like making it that Han Solo didn't just murder a guy, right? Right. Because they didn't want that character to actually. They didn't want him shooting villain. first. Yeah, but he was. I maintain he's solo though. Like, but that's the thing, right? Like, there's something to be said about that lovable asshole, and I think I've mentioned that a million times with you. There's something about that the redeemable, like, bad guy that's charismatic, and that's him. And like, before we went and saw Joe McHale, one of my favorite characters was him on Community because he was that lovable asshole. And now he's just an asshole. Now he's just... 80. I don't even love him anymore. Now he's just a dude that owes me 80 bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's <yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. I should just like message him on Instagram like, you owe me $80. Yeah. And even that he was like trying to negotiate his flight out of Regina while he was like uh, on his way to the comedy show. It just Yeah. Like the whole thing, it just felt like he was like, oh, this is just another bleep in my tour that i have to do like, well how many times did he pick up his phone and look at it oh, to like look at the time four or five yeah like right like set? if you're annoyed by us just it just felt like he wasn't even like he didn't care no go get the pa guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that was actually it's funny like rory i think it's like it was rory something i was wondering if you would ever i should really know his name because when you said they brought in like some of the, like the the established comedians into your class i was always wondering if he was maybe like someone that popped in or whatever no it was matthew murray from saskatoon um and he's yeah he he's done a lot he did comedy writing in calgary and went to new york did his bit there and now he does corporate stuff here Hmm. which is really cool and then there was sean cook the guy with a beard Paula, which is, you've met her, Paula Grassing, yep. and then Josh Fleming. Those were our guest speakers, and all three of them were really good. They had a lot to say. I thought that was cool. 
Yeah. And that's funny because like as social as I am and like I'll walk like now that I'm feeling normal about it again, like I sat down next to two strangers and just, hey, what's going on? I'm here to check out this person. It ended up being that Paula was like, oh, she's going to be awesome. I know who that is. And I had a good chat with them. (laughs) I'm horrible for never like introducing myself because like the whole time I talked to them, if she didn't introduce herself at the end, I would have no idea what her name was. Right. Um, And then even when I stopped by your table at the end. He was there i didn't like and you didn't yeah they were like who's that guy yeah because <laughs> i'm i'm an idiot i i don't know why i don't find the need to introduce myself yeah i will go up and talk anybody's ear off but i'll never end it with like by the way i'm paul and leave right, right. like it's just like i found that funny for that night like that one girl who came up to you was like you did really good and you're like what oh right <laughs> <laughs> I should have been like, what, what do you think really I need to work good. on? <laughs> yeah. Did you think I was like too animated? Or <laughs> I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Me and my friend were like talking and we heard her say it. And we like, <laughs> we like looked at each other because we were like, mm, wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> but then also as a single guy, I don't know when people are, especially like females. I don't know when they're talking to me right. to talk to me. And I don't know when they're talking to me to start a conversation. Right. Right. So like, did that person genuinely think I was one of the comedians and wanted to say good job or did she want to like talk or to you? did she just want to come up and like start talking to me? Right. Or any of that. Right. Like yeah. I met a few people that night and I just I'm so oblivious to whether someone like wants to know me that right. I just I'm a whirlwind. Right. Like I come in, I'll talk to a bunch of people and I'll I will think that no one has any intentions and I end my night that way. You're clueless. Come on, Paul. Come on. Dumb. (laughs) (laughs) You idiot. (laughs) Right on. We're going to call it a wrap. Oh. Um, It's almost been two hours of your life. Holy shit. What did I tell you? My God. I said it. I honestly thought that I was like, I was like, we'll be out of here in 50 minutes. I had not a lot to talk about. (laughs) So I'm a stand up and I got to go. <laughs> no, and that's it's so funny because I think I've told you this. Like, <clears throat> um, Rogan was kind of my inspiration for this, and I love how he doesn't give a fuck about time constraints. And right. I that's kind of the way I want to lead this because one of his things is you don't get the conversation juices flowing and forget about the microphone for the first I don't know how long, right? Right. And you just once you get talking, you get talking. And my general ones are like ninety minutes to two hours. I've had one that was three and a half hours with my one friend who, um, he was the illustrator for all those, um, you know, you're from Saskatchewan books, Jason. Okay. And yeah, it's just, if you can get into a nice free flowing conversation, it's just, it's good. Right. Like my shortest one was an hour, I think, cause the person had to go. And it's other than that, it's, I don't know. I like it. It's Mm. nice. It's, and I don't put any constraints on it. Right. Nice. I think I tried not swearing in the first one and then was like, fuck it. Are, like you had to say whether you had swearing or not and that would de- deem whether you're an adult podcast or not yeah. right so i think you swore once you're fine <laughs> yeah i think i swore more than one fucking time oh there <laughs> it is now we're... just edit that out now i've been demonetized no <laughs> perfect i appreciate this thanks paul